Good to see you all this evening. How many of you were not here last week? Okay, yeah, not here. Okay, most of you are here. That's good. So we talked about praying in the secret place and how the Lord who sees in secret, when we draw aside to pray and spend time alone with Him, He hears us and He rewards us openly. Someone asked me, what does that mean? My guess is that whatever we've been praying for, we get to see that manifested as the Lord answers that prayer. So it's not that we are rewarded and intention comes to us, it's that what is in our heart that we've been praying and laying before Him, we actually get to see that take place and happen, and that's, that's a wonderful reward. So when you change the way you pray, you change your life. When you pray regularly, irregular things will happen on a regular basis. There was someone was asked, you know, do you really believe prayer works? And the man said, well, when I don't pray, I don't see a whole lot happen. When I do pray, I see coincidences everywhere. So prayer is vital to the life of a believer. And it's, I, I heard one preacher say, no matter what books he's, re he's reading at the time, he's always reading a book on prayer. And I think that's really a good standard for us because there's so much we want to know more about regarding prayer. So turn with me to Matthew 6. Because probably a few of us have different versions, you, you may have a different version. But what mine says is, in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we go through this, what we call the Lord's Prayer, we, we will understand these phrases a whole lot better. Some people have said, but does the Lord ever tempt us? And, and what about temptation? And what about, you know, there's, there's questions different ones have. So hopefully they'll be answered in the next few weeks as, as we go through this. You know, when Jesus gave this prayer to his disciples, he was giving the, them a model prayer of topics to cover. That's what they did in the first century. The rabbis would usually teach by giving topics of truth, and under each topic they would give an outline. And what we call the Lord's Prayer is a group of six topics to be expanded in prayer as led by the Holy Spirit. So when we just pray through it quickly, like what I just did, it doesn't have the meaning that Yeshua, Jesus, meant for it to have. There's a whole lot more to it, so hopefully we're going to see some of that. Verse 9 is our memory verse for tonight. In this manner, therefore, pray. So I want to back up and say, look at verse 6. He says, when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut your door, pray to your Father who sees in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly. Now verse 9, in this manner, therefore, pray. It's actually a command. It's not a suggestion. It didn't just follow along and it doesn't really mean much. It's actually a command that this is the way we should pray. So of all the good ways to pray and all the good things to pray about, and there's intercessory prayer and there's spiritual warfare prayer and there's petitionary prayer and there's prevailing prayer and there's conversational prayer. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to pray. But I think if we do not do what He commanded us to do here, 
then we're missing the basics, the foundation of our prayer life. So we want to learn how to pray this way. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So we entered into a blood covenant with God through the blood of Jesus. So His Father becomes our Father. So when we say our Father, when I pray this way, I picture Jesus' Father and my Father. And it's so neat because I think, wow, I get to share His Father, our Father. And of course, we pray it corporately, and that means all of our Father. But when you're praying alone, it's such a neat thought to think, Jesus, I get to have the same Father you have. You share your Father with me, our Father, who is in heaven. So when we call God Father, we are expressing His nature, experiencing His nurture, and exalting His name. That is probably not in your notes, so if you don't see it, you may want to add it. When we call God Father, we are expressing His nature, experiencing His nurture, and exalting His name. So there are eight covenant compound names of God in the Old Testament that Jesus as the Messiah fulfilled. And in Jesus, we can rightfully and legally claim these promises. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, We're to enter His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. And so it's only right that we start out our, our prayer thanking the Lord. So that's not actually in this. You know, Jesus said, pray this way, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. He basically said, move right into blessing His name, praising His name, hallowing His name. But for us in the new covenant, I think it makes a whole lot of sense to start out just saying, thank you, Jesus, that you made a way that I could approach the Father. Thank you that you paid the penalty I could not pay, I could never pay, that your blood is enough for all of my sin, and that I'm born again of the Spirit, I belong to the Father. Thank you, Jesus, that you did that for me. So we start out thanking Him just for salvation. We pray something like this. Our Father in heaven, thank you for being my Father. Thank you, Jesus, for sharing your Father with me. Thank you for opening the way to have a relationship with God, for dying for me, shedding your blood to pay the debt I could not pay. I praise you. I hallow your name. So I kind of start out with something similar to that as I begin my prayer time. To hallow means to make holy, to sanctify, or to consecrate. God's name is totally, it's in a total different category than our names. It's in a separate, sacred category. God is transcendent. That means He exists above and beyond His created universe. The Creator is mightier than the created. So we praise His glorious, magnificent name. And on a side note, I just want to say, how dare we ever take the name of the Lord in vain? How dare we? The word name means nature, character, and authority. So we praise God for who He is. We don't just thank Him for what He's done. We've started out thanking Him for our salvation and what He did for us on the cross, but now we move into praising Him for who He is. His doing comes out of His being. As we praise His name, we praise Him for what His names mean. So there's so many good names of God. In fact, someone sent me from Israel a 10-minute video of all these names of Jesus. And they just come up one over and over. I even thought of showing it in here, but I wasn't sure we'd have 10 minutes for it. 
But it just keeps going. And you, you hear Old Testament names, New Testament names, names in the book of Revelation, names all through the scripture. It just build, and it builds up to a crescendo at the end. You just want to be raptured, you know. So there are a lot of names you can use. And as you study the scriptures, you can bless the Lord in the different names that you see there. But using the eight compound names of God in the Old Testament is significant because Jesus fulfilled them and the promises in that belong to us as his children. So the first name is Adonai Sidkenu. Now, I like to use the Hebrew names. You don't have to. Um, but the Lord understands Hebrew better than English. That was just a joke. So Adonai Sidkenu the word Adonai, as you probably know, means Lord. It means master. Sometimes in Western countries, they'll use the word Jehovah. We never used that in Israel. That was actually offensive. And so it's kind of out of my vocabulary. And so people will use the name Adonai. So that's what I like to use here. If the Lord leads you differently, you can. But Adonai Sidkenu. Sidkenu means our righteousness. So this name is the Lord, our righteousness. I'm not going to give you all the Old Testament uh, references where the compound names are found. You can do that in your own Google search. But in Jeremiah 23, verse 6 is where you see this name. It says, In his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell safely. Now this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Okay, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read verses 30 and 31. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30 says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So Jesus became that for us. Jesus fulfilled the Lord our righteousness. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. So Jesus is our righteousness. Our sins, past, present, and future, are all atoned for by the shed blood of Jesus. That does not mean that we never need to confess sin. I heard that in a Bible study just about seven years ago. This guy said, yeah, I never confessed sin because Jesus already paid for all my sins. It's already forgiven. Well, you can't back that in Scripture that you don't need to confess sin. 1 John 1, 9 says that we do confess our sin before God, but it is already paid for. We just need to confess it before Him so He forgives us, He sets us free from it, and we repent, we move on. Jesus' blood is more than sufficient for all of our sin, not just part of our sin. Some people say, God could never forgive me for the things I've done. He may forgive me, but He'll never trust me again. I tell you, God will forgive you, and God will trust you again if you prove yourself trustworthy. We receive His forgiveness as a, by faith and as a gift, and we receive His righteousness as a gift. There's another scripture that talks about being clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. And then the second compound name of God is Adonai Mekadesh. Adonai Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, and that means He sets us apart, He consecrates us for Himself. God sets us apart from the world just for Himself to belong to Him. 
<clears throat> I've heard people say, you know, I just feel like I don't fit into the world. Well, I should hope not. We shouldn't fit into the world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't look like the world. We shouldn't speak like the world. We shouldn't act like the world. We should stick out like a sore thumb because we're from a different world. We're from the kingdom of God, and this world is under the sway of the evil one. And so it's okay if you are different than others. You should be different from others. If you fit right into the world, and you can speak like they do, and you can lie like they do, and you can cheat people like they do, then you're, you have stepped over from the kingdom of light into the kingdom of darkness. God has set us apart and when we were born again, His Spirit moved into us, and now the Holy Spirit of God indwells us. He empowers us to live holy lives. The blood of Jesus does not only take away sin, it also breaks the power of sin off of us. His blood does not overlook sin, it overcomes sin. We bless His name, the God who sanctifies. We don't have to sin anymore. So when I pray through these first two, I pray something like this, just shortened version. I just say, thank you, Jesus, that your blood is so much more powerful than all my sin. Lord, would you cleanse me today? And I ask him, is there anything I have not confessed? A sin of omission, something I should have done that I didn't do. A sin of commission, something I did that I shouldn't have done. Or a sin of disposition, sin of mood, a sin of reaction. And then as he searches me, I pray through that. And then I say, Lord, would you please cleanse me with your blood? Would you wash my spirit, my soul, and my body with the blood of Jesus? And would you set me apart again for yourself? Thank you that you forgive me of all sin. You cleanse me of all sin. And I don't have to sin anymore because you've broken the power of sin off of my life. And then we move on. God's compound name, Adonai Shalom, means the Lord is peace. And that represents the contentment harmony and wholeness the Lord offers us. He brings peace to our minds and emotions. Turn to Ephesians 2. We're going to read verses 14 through 18. And as you're praying through the names and um, thanking Him for His names, praising Him for His names, it's good to memorize some of these verses and then you just work them into your prayer. Ephesians 2.14 says, He Himself is our peace. He didn't just say He came to make peace. He came to give us peace. He said, He is our peace, who's made both one and has broken down the middle of wall of division between us. He's talking about the circumcised and the uncircumcised, the Jewish people and the non-Jewish people. Verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, therefore putting to death the enmity. That's where unity is going to come, you guys. It's not through doing all kinds of other things to try to have unity between races, between men and women, between political parties anything. This is how it comes, through Jesus. And then verse 17, He came and preached peace to you who are near, who are far off, and to those who are near. For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. So He is our peace. He's brought us peace. He broke down the dividing line between God and man and between man and man. So if you have difficulty in a relationship, this is a good name to pray. Jesus, you are my peace. Would you bring peace into my home? 
Would you bring peace into this relationship? Lord, would you bring peace into my, my friendships? Would you bring peace into my heart? The fourth compound name is Adonai Shema. It means the Lord is there. The Lord is always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. As believers, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's in us. I've just I, I said a little bit about that just a few minutes ago. So we thank God for the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Ephesians 5.18 says, Be filled with the Holy Spirit. But actually, if you see it in the Greek, it says be being filled with the Spirit. Stay filled with the Spirit. When you are depleted of the Spirit of God, let the Spirit of God fill you again. You remember in Acts chapter 2, the disciples were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit blew into the room like a rushing mighty wind, and they saw tongues over people's heads like fire. And then as there was a release of the Spirit, they began to speak in unknown tongues. And following that, there was such an emboldening after that, that Peter went out and starts preaching, and 3,000 got saved. Then they had to baptize them all. They had all these Jewish mikvahs around there, so they could easily just start baptizing them. Then they had to start discipling them. I mean, that was a lot of work. Well, just the next chapter, Peter and John went to the temple to pray. They healed a lame man on the way. He went walking and leaping and praising God into the temple with them. They got in trouble by the head people who beat them and threw them into jail. And then they got out of jail the next day, told not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And of course they said, is it better to obey you or to obey God? So they kept preaching the name of Jesus. But they went back to the other disciples and they relayed to them what they had experienced. And they all started praying again. And it says the Holy Spirit came upon them again and filled them again. And the whole place was shaken and they were emboldened to continue to preach the Word of God and to minister. So, when you're depleted, maybe you've been passive for a while, you've been complacent, you've watched too much TV or Netflix, and you can feel the Spirit of God is just very at a low ebb in your life. You need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. You need to ask Him again, Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me up. Begin to worship Him again. Get back into the Scriptures. Get back into prayer. Let the Holy Spirit fill you again. That's how you feel His presence. When He's always present with us, Adonai Shema, the Lord is present. We have a part to play with that. If we're going to walk in sin and He's grieved, you're not going to be aware of His presence. But if you will walk tall in the righteousness of Jesus... If you're filled with the Word and in prayer, you're going to feel His presence, know His presence. Be filled with the Spirit. Another way we, we need to be filled is when we've been giving out, like Peter and John, they healed someone. You know, we should leak as Spirit-filled believers. We should leak because we're loving this one and we're serving that one and we're praying for that one and we're prophesying over that one and we're in a prayer group over here and we're witnessing over here and we're doing so many different things and we're leaking out. And at the end of the day, we say, Holy Spirit, fill me again. Fill me back up, Holy Spirit of God, so that I have something to give away again tomorrow. That's what we should do. We should be filled with the Spirit every day, and we should leak every day. If you're just keeping a cap on the Holy Spirit in your life, you're really not doing what the Lord wants you to do because He has sent you out to be His witnesses. Okay. The fifth compound name of God is Adonai Rophe, which means the Lord who heals. God restores and heals us physically, mentally, 
spiritually, emotionally. So when you pray through this and you thank the Lord that He is God who heals, this is a good time to thank Him for all the healing available in Jesus. Thank Him for sound mental and emotional health. Thank Him for previous healings that you've had, for general good health. No matter how you feel right then, thank God for His willingness to heal and receive His healing by faith. So at this point, I've been healed a number of times of a variety of different things. And so it's easy for me to just reflect back and thank Him again. Lord, thank You for healing me of this. Thank You for healing me of that. Thank You that I walk in general good health. Today I need healing in this area. And I receive Your healing by faith. Adonai Rofe, I bless Your name and I receive Your healing. And then there's Adonai Yireh. That's the sixth compound name of God. And it means the Lord who sees and provides. Now you've probably heard the term Jehovah Jireh. That's a bad English transliteration. <laughs> because actually that, this is that same name. Adonai Yireh is Jehovah Jireh. Adonai, again, means Lord or Master. And Yireh is the correct way to pronounce this Hebrew word. Turn to Galatians 3. Galatians 3 verse 10 says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Okay, so listen to that. There is a curse for everyone who does not obey everything that is written in the book of the law. That means we're all under a curse. That means all of mankind is under a curse because the only one who ever fulfilled everything in Scripture was Jesus. But let's read on. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is, far, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Man is cursed to failure because he cannot obey all the law of God. Romans 3.23 says, All men have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. So no one except Jesus has ever fulfilled all the requirements of the law. Therefore, we are all cursed before God. But Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law at Calvary, and He fulfilled all of the law's requirements for us. So He became our provision. Adonai Yireh. He is our provision. He sees our need. He provides for our need. So He's our provision and our provider. The two go together with this one. He became our provision so that the curse could be removed from us. He took the curse of our failure, inferiority, and insufficiency. And as a result, we are free from the curse of moral failure, financial failure, social and spiritual failure. We're free to walk without reproach and shame as believers. Jesus has set us free from every curse and continues to be our provision and our provider. He sees our needs and He can provide for them. So as you get up to this name, you say, Lord, this is the need I have today. I thank You that You are my provision, that You've broken the curse of the law off of me, that all the blessings of Abraham can come to me now. And He had many blessings. And then you can say, Lord, this is where I, this is my need today. I need to be able to pay my rent. This is my need today. Lord, I need a friend. 
Lord, I need, I need a kind word today from somebody. This is what I need today. So you can bring your needs to the Lord as you're praying through His name and blessing His name. So along with this name, Adonai Yireh, God is also called El Shaddai. And it's not one of His covenant names, but it is one of His old covenant, old covenant names in the Old Testament. El Shaddai means God Almighty, the God who is all-sufficient and all-bountiful. He's ultimately the source of all blessings. Jesus took our curse and gave us the blessing of Abraham. So you can tie in together Adonai Yireh and El Shaddai. The seventh compound name is Adonai Nisi, which means the Lord my banner. You know, there was about, oh man, 20, 25 years ago maybe, there's a real popular song that came out, a worship song, saying, The Lord, my banner, Adonai Nisi, reign in victory. And then the people that sang it, they'd always say, Yes, after that. Adonai Nisi, reign in victory, yes. Well, Reuben and I were going to do some ministry in Mexico, and my younger sister went with us on that trip. And a couple of the, the single girls that were my age, uh, they wanted to go to a mall and just show us a little bit of a Mexican mall. Well, we're singing this song all the way through the mall, and we're shouting it. I don't know you see rain and victory. Yes, Jesus is the victor. Yes, man, we got a lot of looks, but we had so much fun. <laughs> just you know, when you just bubble up with the Lord, life is just fun. Yes, it's serious, but it's also a joy. So you can try that, you know, in the Richland Mall if you'd like. <laughs> But Adonai Nisi means the Lord is my banner. And banners are a sign to God's people to rally to Him. That's also what the shofar is. Blow the shofar, the people rally to God. They rally to what's going on. They represent His cause. Nisi represents His battle. It speaks of His deliverance and His salvation. So we thank God that He is our banner, that He's conquered death, hell, and the grave for us. He always leads us in triumph through the Lord Jesus. We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. According to Isaiah 11 verse 10, Jesus is the banner that Isaiah predicted. He's the banner of our redemption. He was victorious in life and death, and He gives us victory as we abide in Him. Song of Songs says His banner over us is love, so we know there's a love banner and it's knowing and believing His love for us that enables us to walk in victory in the midst of our battles. You may know First John 4.16. It says, And we have known, that's our mind, and believed, that's our heart, that God is love. We can all know it in our mind and not believe it in our heart. But when we know it and believe that God is love, that makes a difference. Romans 8.35 says, Who can separate us from the love of God? You know, and, and it's, it's being rooted and grounded in the Lord's love that enables us to realize His victory over us. It puts us in such a secure place in Him that we easily can praise His name. Adonai Nisi, your banner over me is love. You always leave me in your triumph. Wonderful to belong to the victor. And then the eighth covenant name of God is Adonai Roi, which means the Lord my shepherd. We see a beautiful description of God as our shepherd in Psalm 23. Verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And what that means is we don't lack anything because the Lord shepherds us so well. He nurtures us. 
provides for us, protects us, guides us. He cares for all of our needs. Jesus is the good shepherd we see in John 10. He fulfilled God being the shepherd. In Hebrews 13, he's called the great shepherd. And in 1 Peter 5, he's called the chief shepherd. Jesus fulfilled the shepherding role of God to the fullest extent by laying down his life for us, the sheep. It's wonderful to be shepherded by the Lord. So each of these compound names are are facets of his character. Jesus fulfilled them all so we can claim those promises. He said in John 14 verse 9, He who has seen me has seen the Father. Some people say, well, I love the Jesus I see in the Gospels. But man, I read about God in the Old Testament. It's a little bit scary. Actually, Jesus is the exact representation of God in the Old Testament. So we must submit under the Lord's lordship and his name in all areas of our lives. He is our righteousness, so we walk uprightly. He is our sanctification, so we separate ourselves from this world and from the evil of this world, and we devote ourselves to him. We are consecrated to him. He is our peace, so we walk in peace. We minister peace. We take peace with us everywhere we go. We bring peace into our relationships, into our place of work, into our place of study, into our home. He is our healer. He is our provider. He's always present with us. He is our banner and our shepherd. So as we repeat the blessings of the covenant, our minds are renewed Our faith is strengthened, and our lives increasingly express the fruit of that covenant. We will live in victory that our banner, Adonai Nisi, has won for us. Psalm 103 verse 1 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. So how can we bless His name? Lots of different names we can bless. But these are some good ones to bless too because it reminds us of the blood covenant that we have with him. And it it more firmly stabilizes us in that covenant. I was hearing a guy preach a couple of days ago on a, a podcast and he was saying, we don't just preach the gospel to other people. We preach the gospel to ourselves. We remind ourselves, you know, that Jesus' blood takes care of all of our sin, that Jesus is our shepherd, that he is our provision and our provider, that he is our healer. We preach the gospel to ourselves. We pray it as well. So may the Lord help us to bless in His name with our thoughts and words and to live within the boundaries and the blessings of those names. So what we're going to do next is pray through the names. And if you all that have these papers would pass them out, I've got a handout for you that we can all pray through this together. This is just uh, an example for you. I would encourage you to add to it. Sometimes I spend a whole lot of time just praying through blessing his name. And I add in other names and I quote different scriptures and I I just have a whole party just blessing his name. But then you go right into your kingdom come and your will be done. And that's what we're going to look at next week. And that's really rich. So you don't want to miss that. Okay, so as you get the sheet, you'll see at the top it says, as we hallow and praise the Lord's name and repeat the blessings of the blood covenant we have in Jesus, our faith is strengthened and he is glorified.
Did you get, yeah, you've got one. Okay, you ready to go? You ready to pray this together? We're going to pray this together out loud, okay? It's not just me. All of us together. We're going to be a choir. The Lord's going to love it. Okay, let's start. I bless your name, Adonai Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for granting me your righteousness. Thank you for shedding your blood for me, which is more than sufficient for all of my sin. Please forgive me of all sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I bless your name, Adonai Mekadesh, the Lord who sanctifies. Thank you for consecrating me for yourself. You have not only forgiven my sin, you have also broken the power of sin off of my life. You have set me apart to be holy unto yourself. I don't have to sin anymore. Thank you, Lord. I praise you, Adonai Shalom. The Lord is peace. You are my contentment, harmony, and wholeness. I receive your peace today in my heart, soul, and body. Thank you for delivering me from anxiety and fear. I receive your peace in my mind, my relationships, and home. I bless your name, Adonai Shema. The Lord is there. Thank you for always being with me. You will never leave me or forsake me. Thank you for your abiding presence in my life. I praise you, Adonai Rofe, the Lord who heals. Thank you, Lord, that by Jesus' scourging, I am healed. Thank you for sound mental and emotional health, for previous healings, for general good health. I receive by faith the healing I need today. I bless your name, Adonai Yireh, the Lord who sees and provides. Thank you for seeing what I need and providing for it before I know I need it. Thank you for breaking all curses of failure, inferiority, and insufficient off of me. Thank you for exchanging the curses for blessings. You are my provision and my provider. Adonai Yireh, and I bless your name. I praise you, Adonai Nisi, the Lord my banner. I stand under your banner of love and victory. You lead me in your triumph through Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who loves me. I choose to abide in you today, Jesus, and walk in your victory. I bless your name, Adonai Roi, the Lord my shepherd. You care for me, nurture, and protect me. You provide rest for me and lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. You restore my soul, bringing me back from wandering into your embrace. I hallow your name. So if you start out saying, Our Father in heaven, thank you, Jesus, that you share your Father with me. I hallow your name. Hallowed be your name. I hallow your name. I praise your name. Adonai Sidkenu. I praise your name. Adonai Mekadesh. I praise your name, Adonai Shalom. I praise your name, Adonai Shema. Thank you that you're my healer. You're my provider. You're my banner. You're my shepherd. Lord, you're everything I need. You're everything I need. Thank you, Lord, for that. When I married Reuben, I was already 30 years old when I married Reuben. I was a missionary, single missionaries in South Africa. 
and Reuben came over and he was preaching around the nation and we met and um, we were together in about seven different settings, church settings where he was preaching or I was teaching or I was leading worship before he preached. You know, we were kind of together and he proposed marriage to me. That was a shock. And, uh, <laughs> but the Lord had spoken clearly to him and within a short time, the Lord spoke clearly to me. And so when we married, he was 41, I was 30. We came back to, I came back to Waco. I hadn't been here in two and a half years. Came back here. Reuben flew over and we married here. And then we, we were living then in Jerusalem. And I immediately started Hebrew school, which is what you do when you move to Jerusalem. And so I would go off to study five hours a day. It was one hour on the bus to get there. And then it was one hour home. So it was a seven hour ex experience. And then I had to study at least two or three hours every night just to keep up. You know, it's a, it's a very difficult language. And so, uh, but I noticed the intensity of the oppression in my class. My class was people from all over the nations. There was a Japanese lady. There was a few from Romania and a few from Bulgaria. There was another American. There was a Dutch lady. There was all kinds. There were about 30 of us. We're all from different nations. And you, and so your common ground is that you're all learning the English, uh, Hebrew. So you don't learn it from English. You have to learn it from Hebrew. So it's a, a language that they build on and, and you have to, if you miss a day, then you can't keep building. So it's very intense and you have to keep up. But I, I noticed that the teacher would be often angry and impatient with, the, with everybody and snapping at people. And you could feel just the oppression and the heaviness in the class. And I said, Lord, what do I do? He said, you need to pray every morning and come against the evil spirits that have access to that room. Because there was only one other believer. There was two other believers in there besides me. And so I said, okay, how should I pray? He said, start with the Lord's Prayer. So I'd already been praying the Lord's Prayer. I knew how to do that, but I hadn't been doing it regularly at that point. So I got out my notes and started praying through the Lord's Prayer again. And I would get up at about 5 in the morning. I would pray for an hour, because if you do it right, it takes an hour. So I'd pray through it for an hour. I would feel so built up in my spirit by the time I finished praying through that. And I'd read some of the Word, and I'd pray some more, and get ready, and jump on the bus at 7 o'clock, and ride to my class at 8 o'clock. And all the way there, I would be coming against the oppression and, and the satanic, demonic strongholds that were in that school and were around that area that, that owned the area. And I'd get there, and it would be amazing how different it'd be. The teacher was happy, loved everybody. Everybody was happy. No competition in the class. No putting anyone down. Everyone's friendly with each other. I thought, this is amazing. It's like a whole different class. And it was peaceful, and we learned easily, and it became fun. Man, one day I forgot to pray. Wouldn't you know? That was a terrible day. All the oppression again, all the fighting, all the unhappiness. So I made sure I didn't forget to pray after that. Every morning I was up at 5 to pray, pray through it, pray His kingdom would come and His will would be done in that classroom and in that entire area that day and rout the enemy through praying. Pray, Adonai Nisi, Lord, you are the victor. It is your triumph that I'm proclaiming over that school. I'm praying your salvation. I'm praying your, 
you know, your deliverance. I'm praying your sanctification. I'm praying your healing in hearts. I'm praying, and I just prayed through the Lord's Prayer. And then I would pray for the hour as I would get there. And um, that I've, I've seen a lot through my life that this has been a powerful way to pray. And sometimes I get away from it and I pray other ways for a while. And then the Lord will bring me back to it. And, um, you know, with, I, I just think it'd be good for us to pray right now regarding what's happening in our city. Those of you that have lived here for a while are probably aware that in the month of October, we always have heightened spiritual activity, negative spiritual activity. It's like the demons come out of the closets. And we have, and it's because Halloween is coming, and there are always sacrifices at Halloween. There are witches that live in Waco. There are witches' covens here. There is witchcraft here. And so we, we, we're not afraid of the enemy, but we've got to be aware. You've got to know your enemy, right? So um, everything is heightened during October. In fact, it's heightened during the time the, the fair is here. There's often a whole lot more vandalism, a lot more theft, a lot more attack. There's a lot more strife in relationships. There's a lot more marital discord in marriages. And it's like... Um, it's like the peace is gone and everything is a whole lot more intense. And I'm in a prayer group on a Monday morning and we were comparing notes last Monday, I mean Friday morning, and we were comparing notes and every one of them was saying, man, there's a tax on my family, there's a tax for my grown children, there's a tax on my health, there's a tax, you know. And, and so maybe some of you have felt more oppression during this month and you've wondered why. Well, this is why. Some people have headaches more, some have backaches more. So sometimes it's physically that you feel it, sometimes it's mentally or spiritually or emotionally. There is a, um, one of the historic houses in town that is planning to have an event two days this month where they are gonna have a funeral director talk about what, what funerals were like in the past. But then they're going to bring out Ouija boards and tarot cards. And I've heard there are also places where you can uh, go into seances this month. And people that are talking to dead people, necromancy and all that, that kind of stuff is happening. And there is an increase of that. And we were talking about it in one of our pastoral meetings today. And uh, Jordan McKinney that works with our youth said, man, there is such more interest in demonic things right now. A lot of interest. People talking about tarot cards and cauldrons. And, and then Joni Swingler that works with children said, did you know one of the, the main gifts to buy for Christmas this year is a cauldron where you can make spells? And it's all witchcraft, you know? And so this is serious, you know? This isn't fun and games. And I believe Waco belongs to the Lord. And it's up to the kingdom of God to push the darkness back. It's up to the people of God to stand for truth and righteousness and justice. If we don't do anything, the enemy will try to just run over things. And so we're going to pray together about that. Are you all willing to do that? Um, so, yeah, I, I was going to do that too. What we're going to do is let's all stand together. I didn't actually come prepared to lead this, but um, I can. And Reuben, you could too if you want to come up. But let's just agree in prayer together. There's, there's a, a power of agreeing in prayer. And so, you know, the unbound...
ministry that's against sex trafficking, their, their kind of theme is not in my city. Well, that's how I feel about witchcraft. Not in my city. Man, this city belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a mission-sending city. This is a mission-receiving city. People come here from the nations, and they go from here to the nations. How dare the enemy try to take this city? This isn't his city. This city belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. We claim it, and we're going to claim it again tonight. And so we want to pray that no one will attend these functions, that if they're not closed down, at least no one will attend them. And that people won't get demonized if they are there. You know, when the Exorcist movie first came out, people got demonized just watching the movie. They walked out of theaters throwing up. From then on, they had nightmares. There was a lot of things that took place. Some people needed deliverance because they had watched that movie. So it's, it's just to our wisdom as children of light to stay in light. Don't get in darkness. We don't play with the tools of the enemy. You know, we stand on truth and righteousness and justice. So, let's pray. you have any guidelines for us? Oh, okay. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we stand before you as your people, clothed, in the robe of righteousness that Jesus has given us. Thank you, Jesus, for this righteousness. Thank you that you are our righteousness. Thank you that you are our sanctification, that you have set us apart for yourself. And Lord, that's what we stand in tonight. We don't stand in our own righteousness or our own morality, which is so lacking. We're standing in yours. And Lord, we we just declare together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that the enemy not have access this during this month anymore. We cut off the assignment of the enemy on this city in the name of Jesus. We cut off the assignment of the enemy on the children in this city that so often they are attacked during Halloween. We cut off the assignment of the enemy that would want to attack the children of this city. We come against the assignment of the enemy against teenagers and against college kids and against young adults in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask for a blood covering. Would you cover us? Would you protect us by your blood? And would you station angels at every gate of Waco? We know there are certain gates that good and bad can come through those gates. And so I pray, Lord, you would station angels at those gates that would prevent any more evil coming into this city. And in Jesus' name, we rout the enemy. We claim Psalm 68, verse 1, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And so we say, every enemy of the enemy, get out of Waco in Jesus' name. This is the city of the Lord. The city has a call of God. The city has a redemptive gift. And we pray that that redemptive gift would be in full fruition. Lord, everything that you want for Waco and for the people of Waco, we say yes to. We say yes to your salvation. We say yes to your sanctification. We say yes to purity. We say yes to holiness. We say yes to healing. And we say no to the enemy's tactics to break down the work of God and to break down the people of God. I pray that illnesses that are that are mm, demonically inspired would be broken off of us in Jesus' name. And pain would be broken off in Jesus' name. 
and the tricks of the enemy would be annihilated. And Lord, we pray especially for that Victorian home and pray for protection all around that property that, Lord, you would keep people from going in there. And these two opportunities they have to learn of witchcraft, I pray you'd keep them from going in the name of Jesus. Protect them, Lord. Give parents wisdom that they would guide their children well, that they guide them responsibly. Lord, I pray against the deception that this is doesn't matter, that this, this is nothing. I pray against that deception in Jesus' name. I pray truth will prevail. Life will prevail. We speak the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over this city. And we proclaim you as Lord over Waco. Be Lord here, Jesus. Be Lord in our lives. Be Lord in our environments, in our circle of relationships. Be Lord on our campuses. Be Lord in our neighborhoods. Be Lord in Waco. Be Lord over there where that fair is taking place in the name of Jesus. We pray against vandalism. We pray against marital discord. We pray against child abuse. We pray against child sacrifice in the name of Jesus. We pray against child slavery in the name of Jesus. The abuse that takes place within our our city, Lord, we pray that would come to an end in Jesus' name. I pray, Adonai Rofei, you'd release your healing. Healing to hearts, healing to relationships, healing to bodies and souls and spirits. Jesus, come here. Come here by the power of your spirit. I pray for an infusion of the power of the living God on all of us in this room. That, Lord, we won't just be praying here right now, but we would be people of prayer. We would be houses of prayer for all the nations. Lord, raise us up as move us into a whole different place in our prayer lives. Lord, I pray that we would... We would move forward in the things of God. Yes. Forgive us for being right where we are. Forgive us for, for not even moving very far from where we were last week. Mm-hmm. Lord, I pray we would make major strides oh, in the kingdom of God, major strides in our prayer lives. In Jesus' name. And I come against any curse that's been spoken over anyone here in this room, that it be broken in the name of Jesus. Lord, you became the curse. You broke the curses. We are standing in that freedom, Adonai Yireh, that you you are our provision and our provider, and you've broken the curses. We stand in that freedom in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we just say yes and amen to that powerful prayer. And Lord, we pray that you would teach us to pray as Jesus prayed. Lord, thank you for that wonderful example that Janet gave us in prayer warfare. Lord, she took a stand. It wasn't a passive type of prayer. Lord, it was an aggressive boldness. Even as we, as she shared about Peter and John, with boldness, went back and started preaching and were arrested in prison and beaten. And yet they said, Lord, increase our boldness. And Lord, I pray for that for the church in Waco. That we would step out of the passivity and we would be active in kingdom work. 
We would push back the darkness rather than letting the darkness come in and put us on a defensive position. That, Lord, we could take the offense and having done all to stand against the enemy, we would stand. Not sit down, not lie down. We would stand against the enemy. So, Lord, we pray that tonight we would take these things from your spirit and from your word and hide them in our hearts so that we might be a little more changed into the image of Jesus so that him and his name might be more glorified, honored, blessed, and praised. Blessed be his name. Blessed be your name. Amen. 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 Be seated just for a minute. I, I, I just felt I, I wanted to just clarify something for just a couple of minutes. Didn't you like the way she prayed? I'll tell you, I went to South Africa, and when I heard her pray like that, I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> and for some of you, that may have been a different type of hearing prayer. You know, most of our prayer is, is quiet and reserved, and maybe sometimes it'll get a little bit emotion into it. That was offensive prayer, looking to stand against the powers of the enemy. Listen, there are radical people in America that they are extremely vocal. Radically vocal. There's not many within the church that make a stand like that. Somehow the spirit of the living God is looking to raise up an army, oh God. To declare your kingdom. To declare your word. To declare the majesty of God and stand in his power. Janice, here's something tonight that I, as I was sitting in the back, I just felt me that for some of you, you may have never heard this term and you just, it, 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 it put you on a pause because you've never heard about someone spiritually leaking. How many of you heard that for the first time tonight? Be honest, put your hands up. Okay. Yeah. And did it sound a little strange, a little different? that I can leak, or, or even when she said that Jesus leaked. Well, here's what we're referring to. In the Gospel of Luke, there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. Well, she came up behind Jesus and touched the border of his garment. In other words, she got down so no one could see her. And there's a crowd all around them, as we're going to see. That Peter just said, wait, there, there are people everywhere. They're pressing in on you. She reached forward and just touched his garment. And immediately, verse 44, her flow of blood stopped. Instant miracle, 12 years and Jesus said, who touched me? And all the disciples, those around, went, no, I didn't. No, no, I, I didn't. And after they all denied him, those said, well, Master, there are multitudes that are thronging in and pressing upon you, and, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, someone touched me. For I perceive power going out from me.
He just didn't leak. It was a pouring out. And Jesus said, somebody touched me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling because Jesus had discerned something coming out from him. Our problem today is that we don't realize that we leak. And we just live day in and day out more empty than full. And what, what disciple-making is all about is learning how to fill up that which is lacking so that we operate daily out of a full position rather than empty. And God wants to fill us up and recognize when power goes out, when virtue goes out. When I'm tired, when I'm distraught, when I've just shared and I'm empty, that's the time to come and get refilled. Come unto me, you who are weary and heavy laden, Jesus said, and take my yoke upon you and learn of me and you will find rest for your souls. Because we're not coming, we're not finding his rest. And we're not finding his power and his strength and his ability to stand against the enemy. So I was thrilled hearing my wife pray tonight because even though she's had a draining day, listen, she didn't just leak, she was poured out from this morning. But she found a place of refilling and probably prayed all the way from the Naomi time for the couple hours with our uh, 35, 40 widows. All the way here, she was probably praying, God, Jesus, just fill me, Holy Spirit, so that I have something worth giving tonight. I don't know about you, but I received tonight. I felt the flow of the Holy Spirit. So this is the place that God wants us to go from, from strength to strength. Not just from weakness and empty to more empty. And to a little bit full, I had my five-minute quiet time. May God help us. He's looking for rich fellowship, not just a five-minute tag. He wants us to touch him so that power comes out from him into us and then out from us. So, Lord, I just want to thank you for the place of being refilled. And Lord, we all need this. Whether or not we realize it, we do leak. There's things that go out from us and things of your spirit that go out, let alone our natural tiredness. But Lord, I pray that we would find the filling station of daily coming to you as the source of our life is the recharger of everything in us that's of God. And I pray that those of us that gather here to be discipled of Jesus and then to look to want to go and make investments into other people so that they too can come to love him and to serve him in a greater measure. So Lord, I want to thank you for this place of strength this place, place of filling tonight and refilling. And I just ask that, Lord, we would look to stay filled rather than to stay empty. You've given us eternal life. I pray that every day we would strengthen that, renew that, refill that 
so that we can operate from a place of strength to strength on a daily basis. Grant that, I pray, to the glory and the majesty of your name. Blessed be your name. Amen. First thing we want you to share when you go into your groups now is what did the Lord speak to you tonight in this message? While it's still fresh and your memory is still functioning, that you have a time of sharing what is the Lord saying to you tonight as a result of the ministry of the Word. Lord bless you. Have a great time in your groups. Amen.